This is the Business Storytelling Show with Christoph Trapp. Name a top 20 storytelling podcast and a top 5% podcast globally. Christoph chats with thought leaders and experts to share tips and tricks that can help you tell your company's stories better to drive business results. Available wherever you listen to podcasts, live streamed on major social media channels, and part of the DB&A television network, available on most U.S. television sets and streaming on Roku and Amazon Fire. Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Hey, business storytellers. How's it going? Thanks for joining me. We are live again. Amazon, Twitch, Facebook, Periscope, Twitter, YouTube. I think that might be it. And of course, you can listen to us on all the podcast channels out there. Why not take advantage of all this uh, wonderful distribution? And while we're talking about distribution, podcasting, it's really just like radio. I mean, it really is, right? I mean, look at me. I got this mic. Uh, I got a face for radio, even though you can see me. Um, But, you know, that's kind of how it goes. Um, Traditional media, where I grew up, still matters today to many businesses. You get somebody to write about you. um, People still read it. Um, You get somebody to have you come on the radio. People still listen to it, believe it or not. Um, You know, you go on TV. People still see it. I know we watch TV every night. Uh, We're not going to talk about what channels or anything like that, but we watch sports, we watch the news, we watch, uh, see what's going on. So today I want to talk with Dawn Bugle. She's going to talk to us about why media coverage still matters. She wrote some books on the topic. We got them highlighted on Amazon Live right at the bottom. You can buy them there. That reminds me, uh, I need to put on the thing here, unmute to hear me. I know some of you guys uh, like to listen to me on mute. I don't know how you can hear me. You can't, right? It's like watching a radio show on TV with closed captions, except we don't have closed captions other than Facebook, maybe. Okay, so let's get Dawn on the show here. Um, she also grew up in journalism, so I'm always happy to connect with people that uh, have that same background. And um, let's hear what she has to say. Let's hear how we can get media coverage and why does it still matter today? Dawn, how's it going today? It's going well. Thank you. Glad to be here. And thanks for joining me. We connected on Twitter. I'm trying to get rid of this unmute me thing at the bottom here. (laughs) I'm playing producer, everything, producer, director, host, coordinator at the same time. Um, I don't have enough hats. So we connected on Twitter. You you wrote about uh, media coverage. Tell us, why does the media coverage still matter? Well, you know, You talked about traditional media and over the last probably 15 or so years, traditional media has really expanded. You know, what is traditional anymore? It's not just TV news. There's not just the newscast of record at six o'clock at night or 10 or 11 o'clock at night. You've got all kinds of ways to get news out there. And local journalism, local newscasts are the bastions of what's going on in a community. They're the ones that are keeping track of what your lawmakers are doing, um, how your money is spent, how your tax dollars are spent. They're not always uh, TV news. It's radio. You've got podcasts. You've got digital news. There's all kinds of avenues to share that information. And as an informed consumer, really paying attention to that tells you what's going on in your neighborhood. And that, you know, the the platforms might have changed over the last couple of decades, but the reasoning behind it haven't. You want somebody that can go in there and, and, and ask the questions that you don't get to ask as a regular person at home. And that's why journal, local journalism and local news still matters, in my opinion. Yeah, and, and definitely no argument from me. 
um, at all. I mean, I listen to the radio and, and I actually, when I go on the radio, people, people tell me they heard me, even, yeah. though they're not, <laughs> even though they're not commuting, right? We're all, I've been in this place, in this spot, in this chair for the last, I don't know, 11 months. I haven't left. I had a, I spent some time at a radio network, a very conservative radio network. And from time to time, they would have me come on and talk about storytelling and business or social media. And it was a statewide network. And I was always surprised by the people who would text me or email me and say, I heard you on such and such. And I'm thinking, that is not the radio network I thought you would listen to. Like, it was it was really interesting to me. But they were covering another angle of, of issues that other media outlets weren't. So it, it made sense to me, but yeah, radio reaches like 95% of Amer- Americans listen to radio at least uh, 92%, 92% of Americans listen to radio at least once a week. So, I mean, it's still viable, local news still viable. And that's a good place to be when you're in business. So what's interesting, so I'm, first of all, my opinion always is like somebody wants to talk to me, I talk to them, you know, I always have something to say, even if I can't tell them everything. I mean, you know, God forbid that something bad happens or there's a PR disaster or whatever, but I always can say something, yes. right? And that's always my opinion. I'll give you an example. Um, one of the local clubs here, you know, they were open during COVID and everybody else closed down and the media came by and I said, absolutely, we need to talk to them and we can tell them things. Now, there's some things we don't want to talk about necessarily, but there's other things we can talk about. You know, for example, people can make their own choices. If they're worried about it, they don't have to be here. That's right. Um, they, they should wear a mask. I think at that time they didn't have a mask mandate yet. Um, they do now in that city. Um, so how do I, how do people wrap that around their head that it's always good to say something um, of some kind and the no comment doesn't look good ever, in my opinion? How do you feel about that? Oh, I love to talk about no comment. And that's one of the, that's, I, I, I'm always fascinated when I see regular people who are a camera shows up and they put their hand in front of it. Like they're Madonna. I, you know, I always think of Madonna and Sean Penn when they would like punch out camera, like, I, I you know, they, no comment paparazzi. And it's like, no, 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 you're just a regular person. You need to calm down. Like just simmer down. You're not Madonna or whoever, you know, is today or JLo or I see now I'm really totally dating myself. But anyway, the thing that I teach, I teach a lot of PR people um, about how to handle the media. And when, when I talk about media coverage, there's two types, really. It's the kind that you want to get, the good kind. And then storytelling in a crisis, which is when you're dealing with the media rolling up in your parking lot and you didn't invite them there. They're there to get a comment about something. And, um, you know, you made a good comment at the start of the show about how your chief cook and bottle washer with your podcast and all your shows and all the, the buttons you push. And that's really how journalism is right now. You've got uh, reporters and journalists who are doing many, many things. They're writing, they're editing, they're reporting, they're going live, they're posting on the internet, they're putting stuff on social media, and they don't have a lot of time to waste. But if you hold something back or you no comment them, they will drop everything that they are doing and dig into your past. And they will not stop until they come and uncover everything. Um, my favorite, you know, we would do that. I mean, I, I, I've done that many times. It's like, if you had just answered the questions we were asking at uh, the best you, you could, we wouldn't have dug into this other stuff and found all this corruption, you know, that was going on behind the scenes. Now I'm not saying everybody who's watching. Huh? 
all have things that we don't want to be made public. They're private things. They're none of anybody else's business. So when you get asked a question that is in times when, you know, the light doesn't look very good on you, there's always something you can say. And I recommend that for people who are in that situation, you know, just say, I can't talk about that. I can't talk about that. Well, what can you talk about? There's a great... um, spokesman, there was a great spokesman in in the Tampa Police Department, Tampa, Florida, and he would always just tell you what he could say. He would say, here's what I can tell you right now. And a lot of times it wasn't much, but he told a story. He told us what he could talk about. Um, He answered questions the best he could. He would, you know, talk, but can't, because he understood the life cycle of a newscast. He understood that we, our next newscast was right now and we have to put something out there and people at home want to know what happened. So again, tell them what you can, um, you know, don't spend a lot of time talking about what you can't definitely no comment. You never want to lie to the media. Oh my good Lord. Don't lie. Don't cheat. Don't steal. It's like the 10 commandments really, but you know, with media, just don't do any of the bad stuff and they won't go looking into what else you got. And even if I don't dig into the no comment right away, at least it's in the back of my mind, right? Even if oh, you yeah. dodge that bullet today, they'll remind, they'll remember um, down the road. Oh my goodness, they always, they always say no comment, and uh, you, you never know what might pop up. And and the reality is, I mean, there's plenty of stories that people can pursue, right? And sometimes especially in today's world. I mean, think about the, think about the, the live stream. We do a live stream like every day, you know, there's a podcast episode that publishes every day. I do. I put a lot of effort into getting good guests like you and others, but I'm trying to publish all the time. Right. So at the end of the day, if some of the, some guests, they make it so difficult for me to work with them. Right. They need Mm -hmm. to have, they have 5,000 questions before they can ever commit to a time. They have this and that, and they want to have, 15 prep calls. I'm like, guys, I don't even do 15 prep calls when I fly to Singapore to give a keynote <laughs> and you want 15 prep calls to talk about a topic you wrote a book about. I don't think so. We're not a good fit. And, and the funny uh, thing about all this is that um, <clears throat> I, when I'm in front, I, cause I also speak to groups of people and I talked, well, I, I was doing keynote speeches before they closed mm-hmm. down conferences. We'll do those again. And I've done virtual ones, but what I always hear from the room and especially from my PR peeps, my PR peeps, love to fight on this one. They're just like, oh my gosh, I got my PR handbook over here and I'm going to fight you on this. And I'm like, okay, you can fight me all day long on this, or you can actually get your story on the news. It's really up to you. And telling a journalist that something is not a story, this was something that I would hear all the time. It's like, well, that's not a story. Somebody would come to you and they'd say, well, I want to know about this. And you'd say, well, that's not a story. That is not for you to determine. That's actually for them and the audience to determine. And if they have determined it's a story, they will tell that story with or without you. And it would, it would behoove you, it'd be in your best interest to have a say in it. And um, I've dealt with a lot of difficult um, subjects in this matter. It's like, you know, the, I couldn't get a spokesperson for a mayor on the phone to save her life. And I finally got to the point where, you know, it's kind of like know your audience. And um, for those who have kids at home, you know how you get your kids to do stuff. You kind of have to talk to them the way you need them to do it. And I would leave messages for her and I'd say, Hey, I'm posting this story in 30 minutes. It 
it is right up your guy's alley. He campaigned on this issue. It's a good story, I think. But, uh, you know, if he doesn't want to be part of it, so be it. But you got 30 minutes to get back to me. And by God, every single time she'd call me back within five minutes. And it's like, <laughs> I shouldn't have to say those things. You know, you should recognize a good opportunity when it comes to you. But, um, you know, if you're missing out on that, and it's, and I think that there's also this idea that the media is out to get every little guy. Like, they're they're trying to get the little guy. And it's like, no, no, no. They are trying to fill, in many cases, like 14 hours of news a day, plus 24-7 on the internet. I, I keep saying the internet, the web, online, like I'm 100 years old. Well, those whippersnappers with their websites. Um, you know, they're trying to fill all this news, and they need content, and they are going to tell stories about stuff with what they have, whether you are part of that or not. So it really comes down to what's in the best interest of you and your business or your organization. How are you telling that story? What are you saying to them? What can you say to them? And there's always something. And, uh, you know, and being respectful of that so that they'll be respectful of you. And I, and that's really the key. I mean, one of the, besides a flight attendant, I think, and, and cops right now, I think journalism is such a thankless job. <laughs> I've never had anybody say thank you for covering a story. Like nobody's ever said, gosh, we're really glad that you barged in here and, and you know, <laughs> shined a light on this corruption. Thank you so much for doing that. Um, no, nobody. I mean, they're always grateful we did it, but nobody ever stops to think, you know, thank a journalist, but that's okay. Yeah, we, no, don't, we, do, we used to do it for other reasons. Not, not even the public. I think sometimes the public doesn't realize how important journalism truly is, right? Because who else is going to cover these things that are happening out there? Of course, we also have B2B journalism. That's that's a little bit different, but mm-hmm. same thing, right? When when journalists want to talk to you, be ready. Have something to say. Yeah. Be available. I, you know, I remember... It was somebody who, I don't remember what they were even calling me about, but they wanted to talk and she texted me back and she said, um, oh, I got to run, do something quick. Can I call you at 9.30 Eastern, which of course is 8.30 Central. So not super early, not super late, but but pretty late. Mm-hmm. And I said, of course, you can call me. And the other thing people have to remember is just because they talk to you doesn't mean that you will get coverage, right? They're talking to all kinds of people. So just something to keep in mind. Don't necessarily bother them. When is my article running? When is this running? Um, you know, I mean, how do you feel about that? I think <laughs> turn on a Google alert. I mean, you can see oh. when something runs. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I used to, um, I, I'm, I'm really a smart aleck down deep. I really am. I, it's, you get, it's one of the, I guess, the defense mechanism when you're looking at the worst things that people do to each other every day in the news. And one of the things that used to drive me absolutely bonkers was when I was, a, there were two things that would happen. If you're in the middle of breaking news, inevitably, that's when all the PR people are calling a newsroom and they're asking about their press release they just sent you. The entire world could be on fire and they're asking about the dog and pony show they just sent you a news release on that doesn't happen until two weeks. The other thing that would happen is people would send me resumes and then they would call and say, did you get my resume? And I'm thinking, you're wanting to be an investigative journalist and you don't have the wherewithal to make sure that we're not in the middle of a blizzard that has completely shut down the state. Um, maybe you're not smart enough to hire. <laughs> and I mean, it just used to drive me crazy. But it's that whole, like, I got, in my career, I got 2 million emails. I, I averaged it up 
before I wrote the book and it was, I'm like, okay, how many emails did I get? Like I get about 300 emails a day, 300. And I can tell you right now, I never read most of those because they were written. They were too long. They weren't sent to the right person. They were sent in the middle of breaking news and we were covering something else. And that's really kind of key to that is really knowing when to send something. Um, we would get news releases that would be sent at 4.30 on a Friday. And, and then what would they do? They would send this press release about something terrible going down, 4.30 on a Friday. And then the spokesperson would turn their phone off and go away for the weekend. And I'm like, curses, you know, they got us again. And they, and we called it the trash dump. That's when, you know, and you'll see it too in business where people will like try to get these things off their to-do list on a Friday and they're sending out 14 emails one after the other. And you send that on 4.30 on Friday, nobody's reading it and it doesn't do you any good. And so the trash dump people, by the way, because again, not just a hat rack, fool me once. We, I figured out they would do it every two weeks. They were doing it every two weeks. And so sure enough, after the first two times it happened, I was like, all right, I'm on to them. There's a pattern. We're going to get them. I sent my photographer down. I was like, all right, we're going to do two photographers. One's at the front door and one's at the back door. And I want you to catch this because inevitably something's going to happen. And we're going to need a quote. And we need it on video. So stake them out. And show enough, they sent the email I texted my guy. I was like, I don't know what door they're coming out of, but get them. And, uh, and boy, were they surprised to see us. <laughs> you know, sticking a mic in their face. Now, this is somebody who's trying to dodge the media. They're a public person. And, you know, we react to that a little differently. You know, when you're a journalist, you react to that differently than you would like a regular Joe Schmo. But I will tell you from, from them, I did that again. Like, I, I was like, look, you want to hold on to the, you want to control the story. And if you're going to send this out at four 30 on a Friday, you believe I'm going to show up every for all your edits. So it's up to you how you want to handle that. You know, these are things that affect hundreds of thousands of people and you do need to speak about it. You can't just send an email and be done with it. That's just not how it works. So yeah. anyway, again, what? that's a totally yeah. different, that's public person. That wasn't, you know, that wasn't a business, business. but it, but it is interesting because you know people used to do that all the time. They send things at different times, and of course now uh, media companies just adjust, right? When something happens, I mean, the TV stations—they're on air all the time. They have to fill all kinds of spots. Yep. Um, so so people are always available. Uh, let's see, we have a comment here. Um, Amanyet Aurora on Amazon. This is great. Glad you're live on here. I haven't seen this before. Yeah, thanks for, for thanks for tuning in. Uh, hopefully you can follow. Click that button right up there. It's super hard to find on Amazon, unfortunately. I don't know if they do that on purpose or not. <laughs> um, so I'll be I'll be quite honest. For most of my journalism career, and even today, and I'm, I'm still a little bit of a journalistic storyteller, but I do very little news. A news release, you know, they don't go to the top of my list. You know who goes to the top of my list? When I see, I think you sent some kind of tweet about something. I don't remember what it was, but I said, oh, I need to talk to Dawn. Let's see if she can come on the show. But you didn't pitch me, right? You didn't send That's me right. a news release. You I didn't send me anything. We were just connected. And I don't have time to read some of these news releases. So 
what's the succession or the the success rate of news releases? I mean, who who uses them? Oh my God, this is my favorite topic of all time. I mean, when I told you that PR people want to fight me and want to meet me in the parking lot, like this is the number one thing, the number one thing that I get arguments about. I get total pushback on press releases, news releases, whatever you want to call, story releases, whatever you want to call them. In 1950, whatever, there was a book written and it had a template for a news release and it had a Uh, you know, you put the dateline on there, you write it like a story, you put your CEO's quote in it, it's three paragraphs long, and then you, for more information, you put your phone number on there. Well, that is not how news releases are going to get read today. Nobody has time for that. You said it yourself. And I teach my businesses, like, if you have something to pitch, it should have three bullet points. So here's, you're going to want to write this down. Three bullet points. What is the story? You should be able to tell that story in one sentence. The second sentence should be why it matters to the audience of the whoever you're pitching it to, the station, the podcast, what have you. And number three, what video and audio, what elements are you going to make available to tell that story? Now, that should be at the top of your email. Three bullet points. What's the story? Who does it affect? And what sorts of elements can you offer to tell that story? Now, if you want to put more information in the body of the email, which is what I recommend, like there might be more information, to, like a little bit more about the story. But guess what? Nobody's taking your news release and putting it on their website. They're not putting it in the newspaper. They're not reading it on the TV anymore. That's just not done. And oh, by the way, if you sent your news release after the fact, you didn't send it out in time. That's not a journalist's problem. That's your problem as the PR person. You should have gotten ahead of it. So when I tell people like three bullet points, that's it. Stops in a news releases like it's 1955. And when you Google news releases, you get a gazillion of the wrong example. It's just not, Google hasn't even caught up with this yet. It's like, look, you want it. And so I, you know, my PR peeps, they were like, oh, it's, step into the parking lot. Let's fight over this. I'm like, no, you can fight over it or you can get your story in the news. And it really is up to you. What would you rather have? And I, and you know, there's always somebody that their CEO will fight them. They have, you know, they love seeing their quote in the news release. And I said, that's fine. Write that news release for your website, put that on your website, you know, let that be part of your news releases as a company. Don't pitch that to the news, the traditional news, the, the, the journalists that are out there today. So like, I got really worked up about this. Can you tell? Like, I love talking about news releases because I've read so many that are bad. It's like, no, 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 no. Stop, stop sending those things. Nobody's reading them. I, yeah. And it's okay to get worked up over because there's a lot of bad practices out there or yeah. best bad practices or whatever. I- um, yeah, I just get worked up because I, there's so many good stories out there and there's so many good stories that get overlooked. And, and that's one of the reasons they get overlooked is because the news release didn't get read. It's like, what a what a shame that is that you've got a great story, but nobody's going to tell it because you didn't pitch it the right way. And I, and I just I hate that for those guys, because there's so like there's so many good stories out there. So many. So what's interesting, I actually, I was talking to a prospective client a while back, and uh, as you can tell, prospective, so we didn't move forward or anything. (laughs) And uh, basically they said, oh, let's do a test run, which is usually the first red flag, because when people say, oh, let's do a test run to to see if we like how you do a strategy. I'm like, I literally, you have to pay me to do that. 
And then they said, oh, why don't we do a thing where you can um, see if you can get us media coverage. And if you do, you get paid. Um, and I'm like, but you can never guarantee it. Plus, there's work right. involved to pitch it. I got to figure out what's unique about your product. Maybe your product sucks. No offense, but there's products out there that send news releases and, and they're horrible, right? Like, or, or whatever, the story. So when people come, PR consultants or whatever, and I'm not really a PR consultant, quite frankly, but if PR consultants come to a company and say, oh, we can guarantee you coverage, is that just baloney or, or how do you feel about that? I would be very skeptical about that because, you know, the other thing that the other thing that they were asking you to do, quite frankly, is they're they're asking you to trade on your relationships when you're in PR and you're working on coverage with news media. You know, building that relationship with the media is incredibly important, knowing who to talk to, what sorts of stories they're looking for, um, letting them know that if they need a story that day, like Sundays are perfect in small markets. Like you got a story, man, pitch it Sundays. They got nothing else to cover. And I've gotten a whole ton of uh, stories covered on Sundays just because nobody else is pitching anything. They want to be Monday through Friday. So if you're willing to do Sunday work, fine. But when you're saying that somebody is promising you and they're guaranteeing this and it's, you know, they're based on a whim of a newsroom or the whim of social media. I'm like, I, that would be a red flag to me, but I don't know. No, I'm, I'm with you on that. And I, I can, I can guarantee your coverage, honestly, uh, you know, through an ad, we can buy ads, sure. but even if you buy yeah. ads, that still doesn't mean anybody will pay attention to it. That still doesn't mean right. um, anything, right? You add your creative copy might might blow and my funny quick story on when it comes to ads somebody says nobody's clicking on our ad and i said let me see the ad and the ad doesn't even give a call to action why <laughs> why do people even know why yeah. they should click right it's like what are they supposed to do with this they're gonna look at it okay they, <coughs> challenge accepted yeah. looks yeah. looks pretty so um i still remember when i was a journalist i interviewed uh, a murder suspect and I don't remember. It's it's been a while, but if you, he, I don't know if you confessed or what. But either way, I ended up in court and I had to testify at that, at the trial. And a police captain said to me, Christoph, so when you testify, say what you got to say and shut up. Period. Be done. Yeah. And I feel like it's the same thing when it comes, like not podcast, right? Because we're talking. We try. I mean, you know, we're not actively trying to get to thirty, forty minutes, but but we want to fill some time. We don't just want to be done. But when you talk to the media, right, like you have to talk in sound bites. You have to yes. talk shorter. You can't re- like I'm I'm talking right like I, I need to get that. What's the sound bite they're going to use? Because then people complain after the fact and they say, oh, they used the wrong sound bite. I said, well, maybe you said the wrong sound bite or maybe you rambled. So how do you uh, how do you help people do that? What What, what are your tips? My tips for that is um, and I and I can tell you why that happens is if the reporter or the journalist or the producer, a lot of times what happens is they'll send a photographer out to interview you. If it's a big enough story that might turn it and, and very few stations now just have photographers. A lot of them have multimedia journalists where it's a reporter photographer combo. They do all their stuff. So they'll go out and do an interview. If it's good, they'll turn it into what's called a package. It's a longer story on the five, six and 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock news But even then, it's a minute, 15, minute and a half. And in that space, they might only take two sound bites from you. Guess which sound bites they're going to take? The shortest ones. 
in most cases, they're going to take the shortest sound bite. And then they might write what's called a VOSOT. It's where you see video and write for the other newscasts, for the morning show. And you'll hear that sound bite run 400 gazillion times. And so not only have you said the wrong thing, you've got it rerunning. So what you do is you start with your, your story. What cost? Um, when you are pitching an event, let me put you this way. If you can schedule it, it's an event. News, news people do not cover events. They cover the story that is behind the event. So why is this event taking place? What's happening there? Why is it important? Know those bullet points. Have three bullet points. I'm real big on three. Like what are the three things that you want to get across this journalist? And then practice it. Get, turn your phone on and record yourself doing it because guess what? They're going to record you anyway. You might sort of bring it out now. Like we, a lot of people don't like to see themselves on camera and they don't want to hear their voice. And so practice with that. Um, the other thing is, and here's a little secret I'll tell you and everybody who's listening and watching, if you would like to get a ton of free publicity for your business or your event and by the event, I mean the story going on at the event, pitch the morning show. Most local stations have at least two hours. Some have two and a half, three, four hour morning shows. And if you are willing to get up at two o'clock in the morning, turn on these people, you will be, they'll do a, a, a segment every 15 minutes with you. Now, that, think about that. Like every 15 minutes, they're doing like a three minute segment in a four hour newscast. That's like $6,000 worth of earned media. And all you had to do is get up early. That's it. As opposed to your 15 second sound bite that's going to keep running on the 610, 6, 5, 6, and 10. And maybe some, maybe one or two people see it. So morning show is still a really good place. If you've got enough content that they can fill and you've got a good enough reason for them to be there, they're always willing to get up. And you want to get up on a mor Monday morning? Heck yeah. Because guess what? It's hard to find Monday morning. I, were, I was a morning producer for years. Mm -hmm. and I was like, man, I, was, I would come up with all kinds of ways to get people to get up at three o'clock in the morning with us. And they always said yes, because it was a great show. And we had a great reporter we would send out and he was, he was amazing, but it's that whole thing. I'm, I can't believe that somebody would turn down 6,000, $10,000 worth of free publicity because they didn't want to get up a little bit earlier. I'm like, okay, that's fine. You know, somebody will do it. Yeah. I somebody, don't, I... Somebody's going to do it. It might as well be you. Uh, right. So, so I think that the takeaway here, what I always talk about is you have to be on the journalist schedule. You're no longer on your own schedule. Right. So when the, the, the writer or reporter or whatever she was, when she said, can I talk to you at 930 Eastern? Yes, that's my answer. You know, when I was at United Way, we would go on the morning news all the time, you know, yes. have the reporter come by. And I always found it so funny because, you know, they would come by and they basically interview the CEO in front of the empty ballroom where something yeah. will happen in six hours, but still we got the coverage, right? So right. Um, it's, it's a, it's a little interesting um, to, to do that, but yeah, be ready, you know, get on their be schedule, ready. share what you can. Um, and then also I always like to do the behind the scenes. I mean, we do that here sometimes, you know, I take a picture of, I got the mic, I got the ring light now, the 4k camera, the iPad, blah, blah, blah. Here's behind the scenes. Um, so do that too, you know, look, we're on oh, yeah. whatever channel, 
Um, why not, right? It's it, people love behind the scenes. They love to they love to see how the sausage is made. Um, you know, they want to know where they can see your story. Uh, you can't go wrong with that. You really can't. Well, you can just tidy up. Just make sure that you know. Just look through the camera before you post. Just make sure nothing's laying out that you don't want maybe your mom to see. Just just don't throw that out there. That we'll, is we'll actually. That's an interest. So that's an interesting thing because, so of course, I'm just sitting right here, you know. And sometimes I stand. That's that's the only thing I do anymore. Uh, I don't go anywhere, right? And the other, I don't know when it was. Maybe it was yesterday. I was on a meeting, or I don't know. Maybe it was a live stream. And I look back there, and I'm like, "What is back there?" And I see it on the screen, right? And there is one of those vacuum cleaners is sitting back. There. Nothing, <laughs> nothing inappropriate. But um, had it been on TV, you know, I would have. Uh, again, I should have probably looked before I went live or before I did that. And we Are forget, you... we forget that stuff's there. I, I get so tickled. <laughs> one of my, one of the things that tickles me so much is to see um, when, because uh, I have a lot of realtor friends and I mm -hmm. see the um, homemade photos of homes for sale. And I always just, I, I am a storyteller and a story collector. So I'll go through these photos of the homemade ones where people have taken them with their iPhone. You can see them in the mirror, you know, taking the photo, just like a gym selfie on a dating app. It, it's terrible. And my favorite one thus far has been a kitchen with all the cabinets open and down on the floor was a can of Raid. And I, I'm just like, what is the story here? Like, um, we've already got all the bugs. So you're not going to have any problem with it. Like what is, that is not the photo that is going to get this out. And surprise, surprise, that house had been on the market for more than a year in a hot zip. Like that, that house shouldn't have been on the market more than a day. So my friends will send me a link. So I'll go, Oh God, this is a good one. You know, Oh my God, you've got to look at these photos. That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win.